Welcome to the Ultranet Products Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Cornelius Pommier, who is perhaps best well known for his research in pulp capping and the total etch technique. He will start by discussing a little bit about the total etch technique and the problems that it can cause to the pulp. Dr. Pommier, can you just summarize for us your findings on pulp capping and etching directly on the pulp? Uh, yes, I'll be happy to do that. The, the technique that you described uh, became very popular uh, late 1990s and uh, was actually proposed by someone who clinically had done this in, in one patient and then started making all sorts of claims how successful it was. And initially, uh, Dr. Fisher, myself, and other people paid very little attention to the treatment because we felt it was not something that, that you want to do. The technique became so popular because of some vocal lecturers that appeared nationwide uh, telling how great it was that we eventually were more or less forced into looking at if this was really something that was good or not good. Uh, so we outlined a, um, an experiment which was done in uh, subhuman primates and I believe gave the technique an honest chance uh, to work or not work. It was scientifically a well-designed project. And we found that the particular t- uh, technique, in spite of the various bonding agents that were used after etching, uh, resulted in, in the death of oh, almost 50% of the teeth. And this has led to the conclusion that um, a product that is marketed by Ultradent, that is a standard in the industry, a standard for dentistry, the use of calcium hydroxide uh, that we used as a control, uh, which was about 90, 95% successful. Uh, we felt that that was a much more honest treatment uh, to give to patient than starting experimenting and losing about 50% of the teeth. And <clears throat> that particular study uh, caused quite a bit of... Uh, <laughs> you might say, uh, emotional upheaval uh, because a large number of people were using the technique and realized that they had no data, and I guess they were getting somewhat concerned that uh, they were doing this without a good, solid basis. So they were etching directly on the pulp? They were etching directly. They would expose the pulp, and then uh, usually some blood is the result, and then they would stop the bleeding and place the acid over the entire preparation, including the exposed nerve, and then would apply bonding agents to it. Mm-hmm. Now, my own feeling from the research is that perhaps the insult of the, of the etching wasn't the greatest uh, problem, but the, the composition of the bonding agents, chemically being an irritant, is really what caused most problems. And calcium hydroxide, the, uh, the control medication, has a, has a very nice long track record of being successful. And since that experiment, uh, numerous experiments have been repeated, uh, many in uh, human volunteers. And from what I can see in the literature now, about 9 out of 10 of the publications, if not more, uh, supports that initial paper that we published, saying that this is not the way to go. So it took maybe about 10 years, a little bit less, to, uh, to undo something that is not in the interest of the patient. Wow. Yeah. 
sometimes it takes a, it takes a while. It takes a long time sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially you have to have all the research behind you, which you certainly have mm-hmm. at this point. Um, can you describe how clinicians should be performing a pulp capping procedure? Yeah. If it is a... Uh, if it is an accidental exposure, meaning that uh, there was no decay, no caries left, uh, and for one reason or another, uh, the nerve does get exposed, the best way to treat it would be to uh, to apply a disinfectant in the form of concepsis, which is a 2% chlorhexidine, uh, to the preparation. Leave that there for a minimum of 60 seconds, and then gently rinse it out. And the, the concepsis does actually two things. It, it helps in uh, stopping the bleeding, mm-hmm. and it disinfects uh, at the same time. Which is so, important since you're not etching. Which is very important, uh, mm-hmm. just in case there is any contamination. Mm-hmm. You don't want to trap bacteria under a material mm-hmm. that is supposed to have a beneficial effect, uh, but is now offset by the presence of bacteria. And then once that is done, you gently rinse that out, and if there is no bleeding, you look essentially at a, uh, at a pulp that is under control, and then place a small amount of calcium hydroxide over the exposure. Uh, with modern technology, we light cure that now. The, the UltraBlend Plus is actually light sensitive, uh, and it has some additional advantages. Uh, it has uh, a low amount, but nevertheless significant amount of adhesion to the surrounding dentin. Yeah, so three to five, I think, three megapascals. Three to five megapascal. Without bonding agents. Uh, which is something that you can really use to prevent then any acid that is placed from mm-hmm. getting into the pulp, or a bonding agent for that matter. And then if this is a, uh, if this is a large area, uh, I usually recommend that a light-cured base is added. Uh, like a glass ionomer light cured base Mm -hmm. to cover the calcium hydroxide and then the total edge uh, followed by a bonding agent and from what I can see uh, from all the research that I've done and that was not the only project we did we followed up with numerous other tests I think you stand about a nine to nine out of ten cases uh, where you can be successful that's great certainly much better than than 50 percent than 50 percent yeah. Certainly. It is actually a lot higher because the, the 50% was only after uh, 75 to 90 days, but there was still about a 30-35% that was undecided. In other okay. words, those nerves had not recovered and they hadn't died yet. So they can still become necrotic and they can still die on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, raising the total damage to maybe 80, 85 percent. Yeah. And, and that, of course, is a, uh, we call it a disaster, which has been a, um, <laughs> in the scientific literature an interesting word. And I've been attacked on the use of that title in the article many times and uh, explained it by showing uh, Hurricane Katrina and, and all the <laughs> others and say those are disasters and on a bigger scale, but mm-hmm. it's, it's the same with bulb capping. Sure. Now, I've gotten two questions pretty frequently from doctors when I attend trade shows. The first thing is, if you're light curing the mm-hmm. Ultra Blend Plus, does the heat somehow negatively impact the pulp? It could, uh, and many people don't pick up on that when I say it. Um, I said apply a small 
amount of mm -hmm. calcium hydroxide. That is really the secret. It's a pinpoint. The exposure is not more than at, at best a millimeter. So you don't want to put a blob of five millimeters that mm -hmm. is two millimeter thick and light cure it. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get heat that will potentially adversely affect the pulp. But something that is less than a quarter millimeter thick and measures maybe one and a half millimeter at the most, mm -hmm. covering just that exposure, is not going to generate heat that adversely uh, will affect the pulp. Pulp has about a capacity of taking in an increase of five degrees Celsius without getting permanent damage. Okay. The second question I get is this calcium hydroxide, even though it's a small amount, can it dissolve over time and leave a pocket underneath the <laughs> restoration? That's the other common oh, question. I love, I love that question because, uh, you know, in this game there are, there, there are two schools of thoughts. There are people that just want to do away with calcium hydroxide to promote this total edge technique. And mm -hmm. then there's the, the more conservative older school that says calcium hydroxide is the way to go. And so what does the first school do? They say, well, if you take out fillings and you look at the calcium hydroxide underneath, it's all mushy and Swiss cheese and it looks horrible, it's discolored. And I buy that. But then I ask those same people, why did you take out that filling? Well, it was because it was leaking, there was decay, obviously bacteria got mm -hmm. there and started dissolving the calcium hydroxide. He said, have you ever taken out a good filling under which calcium hydroxide is placed? And the answer is no, no yeah. one would do it. Well, I have done that to make sure that things were all right. And that calcium hydroxide is either snow white or ivory colored, is not exposed to leakage. Secondly, the calcium hydroxide that is light cured is much and much harder than the dical that some people use and certainly would not become mushy at all. But I think I think the leakage part is where people yeah. quality uh, dent and bonding yeah, get lost and mm -hmm. they, they forget that they take it out because the tooth needs treatment and they need to remove decay, leaking fillings, etc. Perfect. But it's a nice question actually. <laughs> yeah it's a yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. We appreciate Enjoyed having it. you here. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. To view a full archive of previous episodes, please visit podcast.ultradent.com. To submit a question, comment, or suggestion for an upcoming podcast, or if you would like to be a guest on an upcoming podcast, please call 800-268-9010 or send an email to ultradentnews at ultradent.com. <laughs>